This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Reimagine Law, which is all about communication. I've been incredibly excited about recording this episode today because we have two incredible guests joining Nigel and I. Um, firstly, let me introduce you to Steve Weiner, facilitator, qualified coach, author and stand-up comic. Now, Steve is the winner of multiple awards as a stand-up comic before moving into a different phase of his career in learning and development. Steve works with companies to develop their learning and development structures and outputs. And he also works with groups and individuals, helping them to deliver technical material in an accessible way, having effective communication and with self-awareness and emotional intelligence. And of course, Steve is also known as the author of the book, 21st Century Solicitor, How to Make a Real Impact as a Junior Commercial Lawyer, a must read for anyone who's aspiring in that area. Now, our second guest um, is the fantastic Pippa Evans, star of radio, TV and stage. Pippa was co-founder of one of my favourite experiences, Sunday Assembly, and a core member of Showstoppers Improvised Musical, which of course won an Olivia Award. Now, Pippa's expertise are in improvisation and especially on how techniques from stage can be used in life. In February, Pippa released her book, Improv Your Life, um, an improviser's guide to embracing whatever life throws at you. Um, so welcome, Steve and Pippa, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Well, nice. It's lovely to be here. Very good. Well, great to have you both here, um, Steve. Steve, should we kick off with perhaps how you and Pippa first connected and, you know, some, some of the early interactions and some of the relevant topics for today? <laughs> early interactions. We, we met. Uh, I think it was 2007, uh, maybe a little bit before, maybe, I'm uh, not sure when was it, 2007? Was it, was it 2000 or was it 2008? Was the hack, was it no, the, it was hack, before the empire? Then, before then. And, oh, sorry. I only remember big events. <laughs> and, uh, and we, we uh, so we met doing stand up, um, traveling around, doing bits and bobs, me invariably, um, um, dying uh, in front of groups of people um, and Pippa being fabulous and then um, we did a competition together uh, called the Hackney Empire new act of the year 2008 over 10 years ago and um, more than that and um, uh, and that's where we sort of we sort of formed our friendship really wasn't it yeah, well, don't miss out the fact that you won the competition. And it was like, that was the big competition of, that was the one that all the comedians, new comedians wanted to win. So Steve was, he was smashing, smashing out the park. And I Jack came Whitehall second, came I think. third. Um, Jack so, Whitehall third. No, no, Jack Whitehall didn't even mm -hmm. place. And look at him now. <laughs> He's never been asked to do this podcast. <laughs> so yeah so that's how we how we met and then but then um because then I was doing you stopped doing stand-up didn't you because you were like uh actually I really like doing actually I really like helping people communicate well also, um, yeah yeah and I, I mean I, I agree although stand-up stand-up's tough right so I mean it's just if it's not your passion if you don't if you don't love just traveling and gigging yeah. and you know relentlessly just thrashing yourself in front of crowds if you don't have that passion if you don't love chips yeah, in a van, then, yeah. then it's very hard to maintain that lifestyle but yeah i chose yeah I, as you say i chose to focus on l and d yeah 
Yes. And then I, and then I, I, I sort of, you know, I still do stand up, but then I, um, but I've been doing this showstopper, the improvised musical. So then I started getting really interested in how improvisation could help um, people outside of theatre because so many people don't get the chance to do theatre in a, in uh, and sort of miss maybe make the, mis the mistake or a taught or learn that that if you you can only learn theatre if you want to be an actor when actually it would help us all if we all learn those skills because we can just use them to express ourselves and communicate better and then one day Steve was like would you like to come and do some improv in one of my workshops and I went I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Um, and it's great because Steve talks the business side uh, and then I bring in my exercises, my improv exercises. And um, together we think, you know, together we find the way that it's relevant for the people who are well, experiencing yeah. it. Pippa, Pippa and Steve, actually, I, see, I think this is a really interesting point because often, certainly in the legal world, um, Steve, as, as you'll both know from all the work you've done there as well. I, I often, you know, was discussing this with people with theatre background and, and communication background, they said, you know, they're almost too much in their heads. They almost need to get more into almost how do you actually get, how do you actually communicate? How, how do you actually use these tips and skills to actually have impact or when they're working with their teams, when they're working with their clients? And Steve, I'll be very interested. Well, from Steve, you know, as you say, Pippa, Steve, you moved across into that world early. I mean, what, what were your initial impressions almost of some things that were transferable? Well, I suppose it's a good question because I, I, um, I love all, you know, I, I do love all the theatre stuff, but I treat it in, in professional services firms anyway, with lawyers, I treat it with a, a big dollop of, um, and I'll say this word, but you know what I mean, but I don't mean sort of scepticism because, because a lot of the lawyers I work with, you know, the more senior lawyers don't have time for standing there and learning how to breathe. Uh, some of the stuff that pure actors might bring to a, a um, to legal practice, how to breathe, how to intonate your voice and how to, to you know, um, to perform if you like, which they're not that interested in. I think it's very important. What I love about Pippa's work is combined with the business side. So combined with, so I've, I often talk to people about the cake when I'm working with people, I say, you know, I'm interested in what's inside the cake and the icing on the cake is how you perform in terms of communication. You know, the icing is how you might speak and how you might look, what you might wear and how you might, you know, the public speaking, all that kind of stuff. But I'm interested. My passion is the cake. What is it? What's the substance of your communication? So, you know, what's your purpose? What's your intention? All that stuff. And then what's lovely about Pippa's work is it brings a sort of um, sort of illuminates that stuff by saying, oh, it's great to talk about listening. But what the hell is what is listening? What, what is it? What does it look like? And what can Pippa bring from the world of improv? And so that's, I think, what Pippa means when we sort of, we're a good combination because I say we, the two skills, the two areas are a good combination. And I like to think that we're both focusing on the cake. And if you focus on the cake, I believe that the icing takes care of itself to a certain extent. That's a really interesting thought. So, so Pippa, what does this listening question then, where do we go on that? Um. Well, well, I always like to say, uh, listen like an improviser. And I think listening like an improviser is really important because improvisers are always listening for potential. So um, they're, listen, they're always listening for something that 
grabs their attention and that they can uh, expand out. So there's this principle in improvisation of accept and build. So you have to accept what you are hearing and build from there. And so often we don't actually listen in such a way that we hear what actually is talking, we're, we're actually talking about. What we, what we hear is what we're saying in our head, which is what we wanna be talking about. So can we actually be really present with whoever else is speaking and listen to them? and accept what has been said and build from there rather than from where we wanted to go, where we want to go, or where we thought we would go. That's often the one that holds us back as we go, I'm coming in here for a conversation with Nigel about toast. He started talking about bacon, but I'm still thinking about toast. Do you see what I mean? So yeah, listen like an improviser is just a really helpful, helpful way to approach mm. listening. Which takes me to thought actually, Pippa, almost what do people think they, that the other person wants to hear a little bit? as well when they go into meetings and Steve you know you'll know well we'll know Fran as well you know from working with with lawyers you know it's a world of expertise so is my value what I deliver in almost telling you something versus as you say Pippa that thing of actually almost what do they want to hear or what would be useful for the other person as well yeah and and that that difference I talk about a lot of difference between what I need to say and what people want to hear and that's a key distinction because um, I think when you work as a lawyer in a law firm you're encouraged to think about what you need to say. And in fact, clients, the irony is clients, um, they, they need you to, um, to you know, mitigate risk, give them advice, all that stuff. But what they want is for you to act like a human being and to listen and be interested. When I was, I remember in my sort of mid to late twenties, something people will remember. Well, no, maybe you won't. I, I was, uh, I struggled, I struggled to find a, um, a suitable life partner. And um, I'm married now, um, but um, I remember sitting down my mum and saying, I'm really struggling on dates because I, I just, I've got nothing interesting to say. I remember saying, I, I've just, I'm not very interesting. And I remember my mum who's, who, who, who said, um, well, maybe you should focus on being interested rather than being interesting. And that stuck with me just because I think that's a good lesson for, for business conversations is that you can talk about anything with anyone. You don't have to be knowledgeable about something to have a good conversation. And that's certainly something that Pippa talks about when, when we talk about listening, you know, I talk about shining the torch on the other person. I think that's quite a nice analogy that when you're in a conversation, stop thinking about whether you're interesting and just show that curiosity for others. Yeah. And then to add to that, you know, there's this other space because 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 sometimes we, we, you know, we often get stuck in the binary. I'm either really listening to you or you're really listening to me. Um, so then it becomes like one is one is leading and one is following rather than can we keep the ebb and the flow so that that actually I'm not losing myself in this conversation. Um, so can I actually find a way into this conversation where um, I am look, I'm, I'm listening, I am interested. And then because I'm interested, I find the thing that I'm excited about so I can add something. Uh, and again, in improvisation, that's the very basic principle called yes and, which is accept and build in shorthand. So if someone says, Nigel's talking about his uh, toast again, <laughs> they're always bacon. Uh, and I, I could say, yes, and I had, oh, I had a different, you know, I had eggs for breakfast, whatever it is. So um, finding a way to bring yourself into the conversation so that there's a kind of co-ownership on it. And the, the other thing, just the last thing on that is um, just building again on what Pippa just said. Um, often you get encouraged, I think as a young person, before you're in business, you get encouraged uh, to, to, to think about what listening is and that people will tell you, if you're, if you're actively listening, 
people will hear you make sounds to show that you're actively listening. Sounds like mmm and uh and, and and which can uh, there is a risk, of course, of them coming across as inappropriate. And and also, um, no one wants to hear your silly noises. Just listen if you're actually listening. Yeah, it's not noise competition, to, basically, um, is it, Steve? Basically, uh, yeah, what we're saying. Generate noise. <laughs> It's not a noise competition. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, we can all come up with great noises, can't we? But it doesn't show that you're listening. I think the, the thing about listening, I often talk to people is about when I'm in workshops is, you know, what's the quality? We all know, I suppose we all know, maybe it's an assumption, the difference between an open and a closed question, right? So you don't need to know what an open and closed question is, but actually it's the quality of the open questions you use in conversations. So are you using open questions that generally, genuinely show you're, you're interested and curious rather than I'm using open questions because I went on an active listening course. I think it's really interesting the thinking of listeners at the early stage of their careers is almost how do you get, it's not quite get permission to be involved in a conversation, but almost how do you get into that conversation? You know, something I suppose of status within situations that some of our listeners might be in as well. How do they contribute, I guess, is one question at the early stages of their career, you know, whether it's, you know, with some senior people in a meeting, perhaps with a client as well in the room as well. You know, I don't know if we've got any thoughts on that to help them. Well, I think, I think there's, um, I, I think this is something I come across a lot with, um, with people in the early stages of their legal career. And I think the thing to note is that, um, you know, maybe you go and do vacation scheme or something at a firm and um, you're working with someone who you're a bit in awe of because maybe they've been practicing for 25 years and maybe they're a lot older than you or, <clears throat> or maybe they're just, they've got the kind of personality that intimidates you. Um, and they ask you to come to a meeting um, or, you know, I talk to trainee solicitors a lot about the fact that there's a piece around contracting before a meeting <clears throat> if someone's asked you to a meeting, um, your shadow voice, which is that voice inside your head that un often undermines your confidence and says things like, I'm just a X, Y, and Z, or um, you, you shouldn't, uh, it's, over, it's overconfident to say to someone X, Y, and Z. I, I say to them, actually, no, it's the right side of confidence to approach someone who's called a meeting and asked you to, to attend and say, I'm really excited to attend this meeting. Um, this sounds like a really exciting project. Um, and I know that I'm coming along to this meeting this afternoon. Is there anything specific you'd like me to contribute? I did that piece of research last week around a particular topic. Would it be useful if I gave a summary? To which the, the, the person will either say yes or no. And maybe it's the case they were always going to say no. But if maybe they just haven't thought about it. And so you're providing the opportunity for them to say, oh, actually, do you know that might be quite useful? Because I think the client or the colleague could benefit from it. So I think it's the contracting piece, Nigel. Um, I also just want to add um, this idea, the idea of um, saying something just for the sake of saying something um, is often, I personally feel, um, more dangerous than being quiet. Uh, and so uh, so actually to be really present, and this is where actually acting skills come in, to, to be present and comfortable in your listening is just as good a contribution as uh, saying something. Uh, that is relevant to the moment if that makes sense so rather than forcing a, a comment that that just because you think my voice hasn't been in the room but actually if your presence has been in the room that that is really helpful and that's just simple things like making sure you are relaxed sat 
paying attention you're really noticing what everybody is in saying because when you're with somebody who's really listening to you you do notice and so actually you will still have an impact by doing that so when when we have nothing to say make sure we're not thinking about I've got nothing to say but rather but rather going I've got nothing to say so I'm going to be really present here and really take in what's going on around me I love I love that point I think that's I think that's exactly right so you can own the silence sometimes when you're a junior that you don't need to establish credibility by by opening your mouth and, and just offering stuff that doesn't add I think that when we were writing when I remember when I was writing jokes when I was a comic someone said to me remember when you're writing jokes if it doesn't add it subtracts and and I think that's the case when you're often in business meetings don't just say something because you, you could actually undermine your credibility and I think that point you, you've you've both Steve that you hinted at and, and people you built on there they be clear beforehand so that point of contracting and almost what can I bring and, and as you say people then how do I fit into almost the context let get my antennae out so I'm really alert what's going on and whether it's appropriate then for me to you know what can I bring that's unique perhaps into this or is actually I'm present and, and that's okay actually yeah um Steve, Steve, one thing with, with, with you and I sometimes talk about is it's almost related to this, a little bit of these levels of purpose that, that I, know, I know you you, you think about a lot. Um, what, what, was the, what were the main thoughts there? Well, <clears throat> I think purpose is, is one of the things that gets lost. Um, it's one of the first things to go when people are busy. And, and um, maybe it's the obvious thing to say, but um, I spent, you know, what, 16 years working in law firms um, as a, um, a lawyer and then as a... Um, business support professional I think is what we mm. what we attend or in one firm I got called um back office which I really enjoyed um and you called a non-lawyer Steve oh yeah that's know. a good one isn't it only profession I understand it's the only profession where people describe you as the opposite if you're not practicing I remember once a partner said to me oh you used to be a lawyer so I said yeah and then he said what happened as if something had died um and uh, but purpose is the one thing people go to meetings there's a proliferation of meetings just meetings upon meetings upon meetings meetings about meetings meetings to discuss the, the next meeting and um, no one sits down and thinks and we're not talking about great lengths to to plan but we're talking about before a meeting someone sitting down and going well actually what is the purpose of this meeting but I think it's more important than that especially when you're junior or young in a professional say young new to a profession is to think before Every key interaction, not before everything, but you don't want to take the spontaneity out of, sort of corridor conversations, but every key conversation is for you to sit down and think, right, what is my purpose here in this, in this conversation? And I think there's three levels. What's my purpose? And then if we're talking about shining the torch on others, what could be their purpose? And then I also think there's a third level of purpose, which is what's the purpose for this relationship? Where would I like this relationship to get to at the end of this call or meeting? And it could be that you're just thinking, well, I just want to build rapport here. I just want to show them that I'm interested in this new project they want to get me involved in. Or, or it could be that actually the purpose here is just to get the information and, and to be able to competently go off and do something. So, I, yeah, Nigel, I think the, the, the importance of purpose has been lost. And I actually, ironically, I think during the pandemic, purpose has increased a little bit because people have to plan their calls a little bit more meticulously. So you stick something in someone's diary and they'll undoubtedly be a little bit more curious as to why they've why you've stuck it in in their diary and, and on Zoom. So yeah, purpose is important. I know. I mean, what do you think, Pippa? What do I think? Uh, I think. Um, well, the, well, I tell you what. The, in improvisation, the ho one of the 
basic rules we learn is uh, not rules it's an exercise called who are you where are you what are you doing and that's that's so you can create a scene and we know exactly what the characters are doing and where they're at and and I was just thinking about it going this is a brilliant shorthand question for me because so if you're in an improvised scene or a sketch uh, and the ske sketch isn't going very well it's 99% of the time because one of those things isn't set. So you're like, oh, we didn't really know where we were or we didn't really know who we were, who we are. So, um, so to be able to ask yourself that question, who are you, where are you, what are you doing before a meeting, uh, before an interaction uh, or just in the middle of a meeting, if you feel like, oh, I feel like I'm not sure what's going on here to just be able to center yourself back by going, who am I, where am I, what am I doing? Actually brings you back into the moment because actually the, the times that we feel a bit lost or, or um, loose footed, is that a phrase, um, uh, in a meeting, is because we're suddenly outside the meeting. We're suddenly sort of outside of our own bodies, observing the meeting going, this isn't going very well. Uh, we've got to say something else, you know? And um, and so then to, what we need to do is bring ourselves back into the moment rather than outside of ourselves, observing the moment. So who are you? Where are you? What are you doing? Uh, Pippa, that links really to, uh, I was just thinking of a coaching um, point that is uh, where sometimes if you're having a, uh, you know, you're with your coachee and the coaching session's going along, Sometimes actually almost putting on the table and just really reflecting out loud what, what you're thinking, which is, okay, where are we? Or, you know, and, and that's sometimes a very useful thing in a meeting, actually, I often find with, with or not just in a coaching meeting, but actually sometimes with clients as well. If it's a complicated thing you're talking about, say, crikey, where have we got to? Where are we? You know, we've got 15 minutes left or something. Yeah. You know, and just being really clear on that, but actually just putting it on the out there on the table is sometimes really helpful, I think. For yeah, everybody. and also that, that sort of speaks to the other thing, which is everything is constantly shifting. So, so actually to check in halfway through the meeting is a really good point, Nigel, because because so often we think, oh, uh, um, you start the meeting in one place and then you get halfway through the meeting and go, oh, this meeting is not actually about what I thought this meeting was going to be about. So I need to reground and whether that's for yourself or, as you say, put it on the table. OK, I thought we were going to talk about X, but we're going to we seem to be talking about Y. Is everyone cool with that? OK, great. Let's move on. We're now we're now on the same map again. Yeah. And just just linked to that often when you're you're junior you get asked to take a note of stuff just as a, on a practical point someone says oh could you take a note and it's sort of one of the core competencies you know they want to see that you can take a good note and I and I um I, I remember when I, I did a when I was um about six months qualified I was invited to a conference with council and it was uh I think it was ten and a half hours this conference and I was taking a note and um I didn't go to the toilet I didn't do anything. I literally didn't move because we we're paying this guy. I got told in no uncertain terms, we're paying this man around £650 an hour. So nobody say anything. Um, and, and so we're, we're listening to this guy. And there was about an hour and 45 minutes where I just completely lost it. I was sitting there panicking, sweating, thinking I have literally lost the threat. I have no idea what anyone's talking about. But I'm the only one who's taking a note. And I think in that situation, we talk about status. Um, and Pippa rightly talked about silence and, and I was saying about offering contributions, contracting. There'd be times when you haven't had the opportunity to contract before a meeting about a contribution and someone says, just, just take a note, just take a note. And at the end, type it up and circulate it to the team. Um, that was awful because you had to then circulate it to the barrister as well. It was I mean, it was one of the worst days of my professional career. In any event, um, I actually took to stabbing myself in the leg with a pen. I don't reckon that's not a recommendation. It's not a recommendation, but that's how I kept myself awake. I mean, that's how I kept myself awake. In any event, 
Um, I think there is something around being brave enough if if you're taking a note in these situations and really trying to listen um, is around checking in and saying, you know, if you start to feel as though you're losing the thread of stuff is to say at the appropriate time, um, can I please um, double check um, where we are? Just like to re just like to summarize where I've got to in my note and check that that's an accurate reflection of what's just been said. Um, Steve, and I, I, sorry, Steve, please go. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, just build, just build on it, Phil. But the way I sometimes used to try, try and find an excuse for myself as a junior person myself, and that was to actually say, "Oh, okay, we'll use their language and just say, oh, when we said this, by the way, can I just check? Did we mean this or this? Right. You know, and yeah. it was almost just a way of using their phrasing a little yes. bit. Too. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I just think it's really, I mean, it's really hard. I don't have a magic solution to these things, that some of it you've just got to sort of learn via practice and, and by pure experience but other things I think you've got to try and challenge yourself to try and be a bit brave and to do it in the right way which is um, another you know an improv thing is you you can only learn through failure so so it's so you have to be okay with the fact sometimes it's just not going to work and um, we don't they, exactly say Steve there's no magic solutions but every time you do the next time you've had got a bit more experience so make sure you're just making little steps and some you know some people get over jump uh, get over a fear of heights by jumping out of a plane and other people do it by climbing up a ladder one rung at a time and so it's really up to you like what steps am I comfortable to do to stretch my experience and 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 just a, just on the just on on these points actually in this whole thing it, it strikes me that point as you say being brave actually Pippa that thought of and I'll just say this for everyone who's listening out there if you're asking the questions yourself you can bet your your bottom dollar actually that much more experienced people around the table are also asking the question of exactly what did that person mean but they haven't said it actually so absolutely feel free to ask that question. Um, constant, constant of time one whole area of course that we've been thrown into with pandemic world is almost this. The way we're doing this online communication and uh, the whole area of how one has impact, the appropriateness of how does one engage in those situations. Um, I don't know, Pippa, any, any any thoughts on to the whole online side of things? I don't know how well, you do online improv, to be honest. Well, well loads <laughs> of people do shows on Zoom, you know, um, because you've got cameras, you can turn your camera off, you can make an entrance, um, all sorts of things. But the one thing I really like to remind people is that energy does travel through Zoom and other online platforms. So just to remember, you are essentially on your own little TV screen. You are now a little TV star. So making sure that you've actually checked your framing, can people see your face? Uh, and to recognize that you can still perform, you can still um, express yourself and use your voice well to, to get, get your meaning across. So my big takeaway for that would be check your face. Check your face. Check your face. Check your face. Well, I'm glad. I'm, uh, anyway, yeah, we've talked about radio face before, so I'm very happy we do these by radio. <laughs> Steve, any thoughts on online communication? Well, I, the online communication thing, I think one thing I think that's just sort of um, been going through my mind for the past sort of 10 minutes or so is that obviously me and Pippa were introduced with comedy backgrounds and Pippa talks about improv. And when Pippa talks about improv, and, and I know you can talk to this, Pippa, is she's not talking about being funny. And I think that's really important for if you're listening to not fall into the trap of thinking that, well, I think I think society tries to encourage us definitely these days that um, being funny is currency. So it's great to be funny and it's important to be funny. I, I think it's quite the opposite. I think that focusing on being funny is the worst thing you can possibly do uh, in a professional context. 
Pippa's talking about the skills of improv. She's not talking about making funny scenes. Um, and when I, we talk about stand-up comedy, that's really got nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Um, great if you if you can use humour and it's one of your things. But I think trying to manufacture that's really dangerous. So I think when you're especially online, Pippa's, you know, um, we talked about it at the start, you know, this idea of, well, I think spontaneity um, and, um, you know, being in the moment, I think being in the moment doesn't involve making people laugh. And I think you've got to, it's quite easy to fall into the trap of doing that. And I, I, I suppose there's a big cautionary tale there around, um, don't be the person that um, is obviously trying to manufacture jokes and be funny. Um, in, oh. Yeah, you're right, Steve, because we're talking about actually how do you build good connection yeah. with people, you know, and whether it's with your team, whether it's with your clients, and there's so much from your work, you know, both your worlds that, you know, you've got experience of, I think, that is massively relevant to, to people here. I mean, Pippa, I don't know, you know, it must have been interesting, you know, when, as you say, you know, all the work you've done with Steve in, in different sectors, different sectors now. I mean, I don't know what your takeaways are from how people react to things in different sectors when you give them techniques and ideas. Um, well, actually, you know, when I first went in, um, there was definitely this kind of suspicion uh, of what, why is this improviser person? What's this? Um, but I like to use the definition now of improvisation as um, working with what is available to you in the moment, working with what is available to you in the moment. So to take it away from improv comedy, which most people know, and remind people that's two words. So the reason people are able to improvise comedy is because they already have the comedy skills. The reason I can improvise a musical is because I already have the musical theatre skills. So actually improvisation is an applied skill. So, so once you can explain it in that way, people go, oh, okay. Okay, I, understand. I can see now that it's not about performing. And I often, if I'm teaching a private class, I will often say to everyone, um, let's just take funny off the table. If funny, if funny happens, brilliant. But, um, but let's not make that our aim. Let us make our aim beautiful scenes and beautiful connection because it, that is what improvisation does is connect you with yourself, uh, each other and the world around you. Yeah. And I think also Pippa, the thing that's really struck me today is the whole the basis of everything to be able to improvise must be listening because you must you have to listen so carefully to almost to rip off things. And actually, as you say, to build on things. I mean, you've you've both talked about, you know, the building, the yes and and, and all of that. But it or, you know, we've talked about clarity in meetings or about, you know, asking in advance, who am I in this meeting? So but a lot of it comes from almost asking and all, but especially from good listening. I, I would say that's one thing that's really struck me. Today. Yeah. Absolutely. Say. Listening is the key of uh, of everything, because if you're if you're not listening to yourself, uh, then you're not being true to yourself. If you're not listening to someone else, you are not actually connecting with them and you're and they will know you're not. You know, you've, we've all experienced someone not listening to us. Even today, my husband was telling me a story and I had to go. I'm really sorry. I stopped listening and started thinking about a TV show we watched last night. <laughs> I just had to tell him because I was like, I, I've missed half the information. So it is hard sometimes to actually listen. I think I think that's the thing is people go, why am I bad at listening? It's because we're constantly being distracted. So it's a real technique to actually give someone your attention. It, you know, to really give someone else your attention is the biggest gift you can give them actually. Yeah, often feedback you get actually from people you manage quite often is actually, years later they will say do you know the thing I really appreciated above all it was actually you took time yeah and actually mm. offered me some time yeah. I think that's you know which has always struck me how often they say that actually and I think that is the key and my fi my final point I suppose is that in all my experience in all the work I do in professional service firms but organizations around the world is that the great leaders the great successful 
professionals mm-hmm. um, are not just not no one looks back on their career and goes my best ever manager was the guy who was the most clever person I ever met no one ever says that they say my the best ever manager was the guy who really understood how difficult it was for me and really seemed to always have the time to talk um, about my career um, and always showed an interest that's the key and I think that again we come back to it it's all about well there we are Steve we end on the note of being interested being interested in the other person you know whoever they are for you you know so and I found a wife I found a wife eventually everyone (laughs) it's a happy ending to a happy podcast (laughs) hurrah Um, Fran we always end with some actions don't we some practical actions so gosh there's been so much in in today um okay so what i'm going to say fran is again where we touched on near the end there again the the power of listening and you know challenge yourself to really really listening and be present as you said pippa as well so the being present and listening in com- in conversations um steve one i took from you was that whole thought of the contracting point in advance so checking in in advance of a meeting if you can sometimes with a more senior person by the way you know what role can I be in the meeting? You know, I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask, you know, da, da, da. just checking in and contracting for your role in something beforehand, as you say. Um, so there two that struck me. Fran, what about you? What struck you today? I wondered whether listeners should be trying to watch some improvisation. And, you know, we've heard from Pippa that the, the many different styles of improvisation that are there. And we see some on the TV. It might be that you can book something in the theatre, depending on when you're listening to this. But but watch some and listen to this episode again after you've watched it and see if any of the points stick. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That was, that was brilliant, Pippa and Steve. Uh, it was lovely to hear your, your thoughts on this. No problem. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Pet. <laughs> just one reminder to listeners uh, that if you don't already subscribe to Reimagine Law, please press that button. It's totally free and the episodes will come onto your device from whatever platform you are listening. Thanks ever so much.